1: Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
0: One, two, three, four. hello and welcome everyone to Oki Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. <laughs> these spooky times are here and that means we're telling haunted stories once again but seriously folks thank you all for joining us for our 2021 spooky time episodes it's october i'm ready to tell a few more spooky stories from my home state and elsewhere as well Hello everyone and welcome to Forgotten True Crime by Oki Investigations, the true crime podcast where we tell these stories of crimes that happened long ago. If you're a true crime fan, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, that way when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Also, check us out at our Facebook page, Oki Investigations, and visit our blog at truecrime.blog where we post a lot of cool things we found for each episode. This episode, The Real Candyman has a lot of cool stuff on it, so I think you'll like it. So I would like to thank everyone that so far has subscribed to the show. Being a subscriber is a way to support the show in so many ways. The providers like Apple and Spotify, they see that you subscribed. And they help us out with searchability and other things as well. So thank you guys so much for subscribing. If you haven't already, that's okay. You still have a chance. Now, nah, if, if you like true crime, I highly encourage you to consider it. It helps me out so much as a small indie podcast. Parts of the story may contain opinions and speculations and should be taken as such. These stories depict violent crimes of all types and may be a trigger for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I hope you are having a spooky weekend. This is our last 2021 Halloween episode, and it's the one I have wanted to cover for a very long time. Halloween is such an exceptional time for kids. It marks the first of many holidays to quickly come. You get dressed up, you run around town, and you get tons of free candy. But this story is about someone who took advantage of all of that. Someone who decided to take everything unique for trick-or-treaters and stomp it out as if it were the perfect opportunity for murder. Have you ever had your parents go through your candy before you're allowed to eat it? Did they check it for signs of tampering? My parents did. And it was because of this case and that they feared that someone would be trying to drug or poison me. For my own kids, I always checked their candy, but it was because I was collecting dad tax and getting my hard-earned 10% of the spoils. Our story begins on October 31st, 1974. This Halloween was going to be special for eight-year-old Timothy O'Brien. He was going to get to go trick-or-treating with his friends and his sister. The two families had planned an outing with their fathers and they agreed to take them to Pasadena, Texas where they were told the best candy was passed out to kids in costume. After school, Timothy eagerly waited for his father to get off work. Both Timothy and his sister Elizabeth awaited his arrival. Dark clouds started moving in, and the sky got a little darker a little earlier that evening. When Ronald O'Brien pulled into the driveway from work, he was greeted by both children in costume ready for an evening of fun. The first thing on their agenda was that they had planned on going to the Bates residence. Jimmy Bates had prepared a dinner for the two families. Jimmy also had two eager children ready to go trick-or-treating. When the O'Briens arrived, the two families sat down to dinner. Little did they know, for one of them, it would be their last meal. As the two families wrapped up dinner and began putting plates away, the skies got still darker and it began to rain. This is not unusual for Texas. Rain can move in and then minutes later, it just clears up. But for one of the Bates children, this was just too much. They decided to stay home for the night. Because they didn't know what the rain was going to be quite like, Ronald O'Brien and Jimmy Bates decided to limit the trick-or-treating to two streets. They agreed that Citation and Donnell Streets would be the best ones to go down. Ronald and the kids would go to each door at each house, and Jimmy would wait at the sidewalk. As they went up Donnell Street, they came upon house number 4112. The porch lights were off, but the kids had gone up to knock on the door anyways. Ronald walked up to the kids, and they soon ran off when no one answered the door. However, Ronald stayed behind and then rejoined Jimmy at the sidewalk. Ronald was swinging five giant pixie stick tube candies in the air. He told Jimmy that the rich neighbors were handing out expensive treats. They finished walking the two streets and then returned to the Bates' home. There, Ronald handed out the giant candies to each of the four children. A trick-or-treater happened to come by at this moment, and it was a child that Jimmy knew from church. They also gave them one of the pixie stick tube candies as well. The O'Brien family then started on their way home. Their mother left to go visit with a friend. So it was just up to Ronald to get everyone in and ready for bed. It was getting late and it was a school night. The kids were excited about their candy. So Ronald allowed them to pick one candy that they could have before bedtime. Timothy picked the large pixie stick as his choice. Ronald helped him open the candy and Timothy lifted the tube to his mouth but nothing would come out. He handed it back to his father, who rolled the tube in his hand to loosen the candy so it would come out easier. This time, Timothy got to eat some of the candy, but he immediately did not like it. He told his father that it just tasted terrible. So Ronald grabbed a glass of Kool-Aid and let Timothy take a drink to get the flavor out of his mouth. Soon after, Timothy began to get really sick. He started to throw up and Ronald took him into the bathroom. But as he did so, Timothy started to become unresponsive and began to go into convulsions. Ronald quickly dialed 911 and an ambulance was to their house within minutes. It had been parked nearby and this was considered an excellent response time. They got Timothy to the Southmore Hospital, but it was too late. By 10.40 p.m., Timothy died for what was, for now, an unknown reason. It didn't take doctors long to figure out what had happened. From what Ronald could tell them, they knew it sounded like Timothy was somehow poisoned. And the likely source was the candy they received while trick-or-treating. The doctors examined Timothy's stomach contents and found 16 milligrams of cyanide. His blood had so far absorbed 0.4 milligrams. A fatal dose is about 0.2 or like 0.3 milligrams. While at the hospital, Ronald also got sick on two occasions, but he refused to be examined. He did tell them that they got the candy in Pasadena, Texas, where the Bates family lived. The police response was swift here. They gathered all the known candy from the O'Brien home and the Bates' home. They also got the candy from the trick-or-treater who came by, who was also given a giant pixie stick. All of these were handed over to Dr. Jogmizic, who was a medical examiner. The doctor tested Timothy's candy, and there was no traces of poison there, but it was missing the amount that had already been eaten. He then tested the first few inches of the other tubes and found that all of them contained a fatal dose of cyanide. The police again made a quick response Police Lieutenant Go to ask that all the families that trick-or-treated on Citation and Donarell Streets turn in their candy to the police station. This would be hard for me to do as a kid. At eight years old, I would have been devastated to turn in all of my candy. I really hope the kids did get some kind of special candy reward for doing so. On November 1st, the day after Timothy's murder, Ronald had his first meeting with the funeral director. Ronald informed him that he would need copies of the death certificate to give to the life insurance agency. One for each policy would be needed. When asked how many did he need, Ronald said, I need six copies. The shock of the residents of Citation and Donarell Streets was intense. This was a tight-knit community, the kind of place where everyone just knew each other. Many of the residents refused to believe that one of their own was capable of doing something just so horrible. But as the days went on, each of them cooperated with police when they came knocking on their doors to ask questions. Many detectives worked around the clock on this case, and many were working on their days off. They had mapped the two streets and made a plan to interview everyone they could to find a break in this case. Detective Turnspeed and Police Captain Rhodes were just convinced that the person who handed out the candy lived on these streets. Ronald also helped with this effort. It took him a while to figure it out. He still appeared very grief-stricken. But in the end, he located the house that gave him the candy. Ronald stated that a man who lived there handed out the candy by opening the door slightly and then handing him five large tubes. He only knew that this was a man because his arm was very hairy. So the police had a suspect to look into. But... It wouldn't be long before a concerning phone call would alert police to another suspect.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
0: The life insurance agency had received the death certificates for Timothy. The agent there decided to call police and let them know about the policies and how they found them suspicious. You see, Ronald began opening them months ago. Each time he opened another, the life insurance agency would protest and tell Ronald that they were well covered and he was only just wasting his money. But he would demand that they allow him the extra policies and they would just eventually let him open up another one. To the detectives, this was a major red flag. The second thing that alerted police to suspicious activity was finding no one on the two streets who were handing out the expensive candy days after the incident. It was only those five handed out by Ronald that was ever found. Going along with the new suspect in the case, detectives questioned Jimmy Bates, who was with Ronald that night. They didn't know if he was involved in this as well. Jimmy turned out to be a very cooperative witness for the police. He told them that when Ronald came up with the pixie sticks, he never saw anyone open that door. Jimmy thought it was odd at the time, but he also was watching the kids run to the next house, so he wasn't sure. He also told the police that Ronald was putting on a show in public by acting sad about his son's death, but in private, he had been planning on going on trips with the life insurance money. Police also started looking into the mysterious man who lived at House 4112. They found that the man who lived there was actually pretty well known. He was an air traffic controller, and he had been working on Halloween. He didn't get off of work until after 10 p.m., and he was not at his own house. Many people who he worked with also confirmed his story. The police got a search warrant for Ronald O'Brien's home. When they served the warrant, they were able to find a pair of scissors and a knife that had what they believed to be pixie stick candy on it. And residue from the waxy plastic container. They took this to their lab who ran tests, but the evidence they found was inconclusive. Police believe they had what they needed at this time to make an arrest. On November 5th, just days after his son's passing, Ronald O'Brien was charged with the murder of Timothy O'Brien. This was a massive shock to the community. The residents in Pasadena, however, were somewhat relieved, knowing that the killer was not one of their neighbors. Ronald's wife denied knowing anything about her husband's plans. There was no evidence that she had any hand in any of it. It was thought that Ronald believed that he could trick her and she would just believe anything that he said. But she ended up being a much more intelligent woman than that and at the trial, she testified against Ronald. He never told her about the life insurance policies and this is something that you would share with your spouse. During the trial, we found out that Ronald had openly talked to others about how to obtain cyanide and its effects. He even went as far as trying to purchase some, but they only sold it by the pound, and he didn't need that much. With all of the evidence presented against him, Ronald still proclaimed his innocence. When the jury received the case, they came back with a verdict within 46 minutes. They found Ronald O'Brien guilty of murder. Ronald was sentenced to death. Ronald would sit on death row until 1984, and on March 31st, he was led into the death chamber. He would die by lethal injection. Ronald's last words were to state that the death penalty was wrong, and he forgave everyone who had a hand in his death. They began to give him the lethal drugs at 12.38 a.m. And he was pronounced dead at 12.48 a.m. I hope you all enjoyed this story. If you did, make sure you subscribe, so when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Being a subscriber is a way to support this show in so many ways. The providers, like Apple and Spotify, see that you have subscribed and they help us out with searchability and other things. So thank you guys so much for helping us out. I hope you all have a wonderful week, I know I am. I'll see you all next time. See ya.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.